the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. End of the day on Friday. And it's supposed to be nice weather tomorrow. I think Sunday is not so much, but tomorrow is supposed to be nice weather. You know, it's we started the week off, I believe, in the 20s, and we're ending it off in the 60s. There's that whole march coming in like a lion, out like a lamb. Mm, I don't know. Little, maybe, maybe not. Happy April Fool's Day. Um, I did get pranked today. Uh, my general contractor, who happens to be a very dear friend, Dean Lantieri, um, we're supposed to meet tomorrow to talk about doing a little bit of spring work at the house. And it gets me. I get a text that says, "Yeah, uh, my COVID test came back positive. My whole crew is out. Uh, we're not going to be able to work for at least a week." And I'm like, "Oh my God! I didn't even know you're sick. I'm so sorry." Blah blah blah. When do you think you'll be back? And he said, well, what's today? And, you know, right away, I'm like, oh, man. So, <laughs> but, you know, I am, um, speaking of April Fool's, and, and happy birthday to Kenny Munch and Jeff Chatfield and many April Fool's birthday recipients. Uh, ooh, got to be 35 years ago on uh, this this date. I uh, I called my dad from college. And I was a little bit of a wise guy back in the day. I guess probably I still am a little bit, although I stew the April Fool's jokes today. Arthur didn't. My little my little five-year-old, as a goof this morning, ran down into the uh, kitchen and took his shoes, which are by the front door. Now, my wife, you know, we have one of these shoeless houses. And come, some people think it's weird, but, you know, during the course of our marriage, with the exception of me getting the COVID, um, recently, you know, in December, I, I haven't gotten a cold. I haven't gotten a runny nose. I haven't gotten a cough because we, we do th- two things when you come into our house. You take off your shoes and you go right into the bathroom. That's right there and you wash your hands. So we're all scrubbed before we come in. So what does Arthur do this morning? I didn't know this. I was not in on this. He takes his little shoes, little size four and a half, five shoes, a five-year-old wearing sneakers, and he opens the refrigerator and he takes his shoes and he puts them in the refrigerator next to the little bowl of the cut up fruit with the saran wrap on it that his mom had taken care of the night before so that in the morning rushed of getting off to school, you know, the, the fruit's all ready for, for his breakfast and we just have to make either the cream of wheat or the oatmeal because we alternate on different days. It's an oatmeal day and there's a cream of wheat day. And when she, she opens 
up the refrigerator this morning, and he's so excited. I knew something was up. He's just like, okay, Mom, I'm ready for my fruit. Okay, Mom. Okay, I'm ready for the fruit, Mom. Open the refrigerator. In the I'm like, something's going on here. I'm holding my four-month-old daughter, his sister, and uh, she opens it up, and she sees the, the sneakers in there, and, you know, she acted very appropriately, and, and we had a big laugh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, when I was, I don't know, 18 maybe? Uh, I think I was a sophomore in college. Uh, I got, no, I, I would have been a June uh, a freshman in college when I was eighteen on April the first. I called my dad in the office, right? And my dad was a a very serious lawyer, and he had a lot of stuff going on. But as I think I always do and will always do, when I would call, he would always take my call, even when he was mad at me. You know, he's mad at me a couple of times in life, or whether it was people I was dating or certain career choices I made. And he was, uh, but during the workday, if I called him, I, I have no recollection of him not taking my call unless of course he was in court. So I call him and I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, dad, um, I gotta, uh, you gotta come up to school, uh, in the next couple of days, uh, to meet with the Dean. I go, he's like, what happened? I go, I don't know. Uh, they said that, that I was cheating off a guy, kid in class and I was copying his answers and it was a multiple choice and they saw me looking and I was kept looking. And so they took the paper, the test away and they threw me out of the classroom and I went to go see the dean and, and the dean says they, they need to see you. And my, Jesus Christ, Arthur, come on. What's the matter? Really? Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, I can't believe this. All right. So when am I supposed to come up? I, I don't know. The next couple of days. You have your calendar there? Yeah, 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 I got my calendar. I go, all right, well, what, what's today? It's April 1st. I go, when did they want to see me? I go, what's today? He's like, gee, come on, Arthur. I can't believe That's what you're going to do to your father? Yeah. <laughs> and he got a little annoyed, and then he laughed. What do you think my father does? He hangs up the phone with me. <laughs> he calls my mom, and he, he does the same thing to her. Uh, yeah, chick, we're gonna have to go. Uh, we're gonna have to go to school and see Arthur's uh, uh, DUI. Uh, he got caught cheating. Him. My mother's, you know, when it comes to me, it's like Marianne, my wife. When it comes to her son Arthur, it's the whole world revolves around that human being. And if something goes askew, it's uh, problematic. She starts flipping out, and then he drops the April Fool joke on her. So, if you guys had a little April Fool's fun today, good for you. Uh, we need a little levity in, in this world during these rough times. Uh, it's rough times for Mets fans because it just was announced that Jacob DeGrom uh, is on, and he's their number one pitcher. I mean, he's one of the greatest pitchers in the uh, Major League Baseball. He's on the shelf for at least four weeks with a so- shoulder inju- injury. Um, will kids wear masks? Won't they wear masks, the kids under five years old? Well, we're going to hear from the lawyer who argued today and will it was I don't know, should I tell you or should we tease it? We'll tease it because it's in the next segment. So he argued about masks. The mayor said, I I know I said on April the 4th, masks were coming off. But I also said as long as the science supported it, and I don't believe the science supports it. So you better stay tuned because you're going to hear from the lawyer who was in court. We're live in, we're, we're, he he was there. So we're not relying on what I had to say or what we're reading in the paper. You're going to hear from the mouth uh, of the lawyer in Staten Island today. And uh, he's going to tell you what's going on because there's a tug of war over masks. Um, Chris Rock is all over the news. Will Smith is all over the news. All over, all over, everywhere you look. There's everywhere you look. Um, I mean, I'm just waiting for the Pope 
to give a statement on the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation. Chris Rock it, it seems to be taking the high road all along the way at his show. Someone screamed out an expletive uh, about Will Smith, and he's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that here, which is very smart. His his stock is rising. Man, if someone said to Chris Rock or to me or to anyone who, you know, wants the, a little bit of notoriety, so I want my radio show to, to climb up through the charts, um, all you got to do is take one embarrassing smack to the face and everything is going to be great. Well, I think Chris Rock was signed on the dotted line. I mean, he was already a superstar, but let's face it, his shows are selling out and the, the uh, prices are going through the roof. But besides the money, you know, obviously money, 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 money. He just has come off as a, as a real gentleman and a, a guy who is control of his feelings and his emotions. You know, all he said is, look, I'm going to process this and we'll take it from there. Um, in other really, really big news, Amazon unionizing. That's huge. We, we, we're going to have to do an, another show on it. Maybe I'll put on Dennis Quirk, who's the head of the union of the New York State Court Officers, because he knows so much about unions, uh, and he could dig us a little deeper. But it means it's a very significant ruling because it, it really will shield workers from uh, being abused. And if now, now watch since the Amazon domino has fallen, will they all fall? Does now Starbucks fall? And I don't know if Ikea is unionized, et cetera. And then you just keep going and keep going and keep going. Um, it's a big deal. But I think what's even a bigger deal is the Congress today, a couple of hours ago, the House of Representatives voted to federally legalize marijuana. But the bill faces long odds in the Senate and possibly a veto by President Biden, who opposes legalized pot. Uh, the bill would remove marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act, which is when I do criminal law, because uh, we do a lot of different law here. Well, let me do a commercial. At a dollar of returning commons, we do many, many different laws. So just give us a call. Uh, <laughs> you know I never do that on this show. Um, it's got to go to the Senate. Basically, in the, in the criminal law, there's a, a schedule of different drugs that are illegal. And the Congress voted to take marijuana off of that list. The ramifications of that are deep, both uh, legally and in society, even though it, it, it's, a, it's a deep conversation because I don't like the fact that the state is making it legal, but the federal has it illegal. That's not the way things are supposed to go. That is a case that should head to the United States Supreme Court. Um, and we'll talk about the United States Supreme Court uh, coming up. Their, you know, their term, their argument term is about to wind down. And then they go into like writing their decision term. And then by the end of June, we'll be hearing some heavy decisions from the United States Supreme Court. Um, I'm going to hopefully be heading down to Washington in two weeks. Maybe I'll say hello to one or two of the United States Supreme Court justices. Um, but we're going to come back to hear from the lawyer about masks on kids. You're going to hear it from the horse's mouth. Stay tuned. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults. Because I feel like I'm invincible, especially this morning when I was holding my four-month-old. That will really make you feel alive. Well, when you're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. We think we can w worry about that when we're older and become sick. Well, you know, that's 
nothing could be further from the truth. You don't want to wait until the last minute. Don't procrastinate. You want to make sure your ducks are in order, your house is in order. You don't want the state to be interfering with your personal affairs. You don't want a doctor to be making an ultimate decision that you can't make because you are not able to communicate. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy, when there's no stress on you. And how are you going to do that? You're going to call our friends at Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They know their stuff because they've been doing this for 40 years and they've helped thousands of people. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-27. And you know what? You're not going to hear about. have to hear about it from me. We are going to bring in a guest that we had on just a couple of weeks ago when this lawsuit was filed and the ruling came down today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves of AM970, The Answer. Attorney, former Brooklyn DA, Michael Chesa. Michael, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it couldn't be a more appropriate choice of music uh, before yeah. this call. So I, 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 as well. I give that all to uh, to my man, Matthew Sambolin. Um, so, you know, people are tired of hearing uh, talk show hosts talk. How about we go right yeah. to the, the person who was in the courtroom, Michael? Just lay yeah. it out for us. Pretend, uh, you know, you're, you're laying it out for a jury. Lay it out from the beginning, the middle, and today was the end, hopefully. Uh, tell us what's going on. Well, well, you know, I have to start, be honest with you. The, the truth is that it's far from the end. Uh, what we had this morning was joy, relief, uh, you know, the parents that I represent who want the choice to do what they think is best for their children were so relieved finally to get this decision from Judge Porzio on our lawsuit that found the Tava mask mandates were unconstitutional. Um, he, he agreed with us. He, he thought that our papers were correct in saying that the city does not have the right to issue these regulations the way that they've been doing them. They need to follow the Constitution, the separation of powers all those, you know, social studies 101 terms that are so important. And he sided with us. It was an incredible decision. He issued what's called an interim order this morning, finding the, the mandates 
unconstitutional, immediately lifting them. So at the moment that he issued that order, all the toddlers throughout the city had the opportunity, if their parents chose, to take those masks off finally. But here so, sim- so simultaneously today, the mayor said that because That's COVID right. seems to be upticking, he's you know go. he's he's not yeah. going to lift them up on mo- he's not lifting yeah. the mandate That's on right. Monday. So wait, let it's me just incredible. take the listener up. We have Attorney Michael Chesson on the phone. As you can hear, he's appropriately excited as he should be because a lot of times us lawyers go into court and we don't get the result that we want, and he absolutely <laughs> did. This has to do just to be crystal clear. Uh, there's a mandate in New York City, well, whether it's on or off right now, we'll talk about it in a second, that mm-hmm. kids are under under the age of five. So five-year-olds do not have to wear masks, but yeah. under the age of five, they do. Michael Chester, representing parents in the jurisdiction, was in Staten Island, was in front of Judge Porzio, uh, filed papers saying that this, this mask mandate is unconstitutional. Was there ever, Michael, was there ever any, any oral argument, or was this everything here done on yeah. papers? Oh, no, no. We, we had paper submissions. Uh, and then this morning I, I appeared and an attorney for the city appeared. We had oral argument before Judge Porzio for about an hour and a half. He, he, he was very thorough in his questioning of both of us. Um, and then not only that, after we had the hour and a half oral argument, he uh, took about a half hour before we got the, the order that he ended up issuing. So he issues the order saying that Basically, the, the decisions are, are too uh, arbitrary, right? I mean, you can't say, oh, five-year-olds, exactly. yes, and then and, and that rose to a level of un, being unconstitutional. But then this afternoon, uh, the mayor says, no, nope, I, I know I said we were going to lift the mandate. We were going to lift it on, uh, on April the 4th, which is this Monday. But he did say, you know, as long as the science uh, supports that, and now that he's seeing that the COVID rates are creeping up a little bit, He's looking at kids under five years old as the, being the uh, the population that is not that is not vaccinated. So therefore, right. he wants them to continue wearing masks. So where are we right. now? Who who wins this? Is it is it the judge or is it the the mayor? Well, where we are right now is that until the appeal, which by the way, the city's already t- uh, filed a notice of appeal, so they're going to appeal the decision that Judge Porzio made. But until that appeal is heard by the appellate division, and until the appellate division uh, enters a stay for the city, which would mean that Judge Porzio's decision was uh, held, you know, not officially reversed, but, but held in a, a non-effect, uh, until that happens, we our victory is still in place. So if Monday morning the case has not been heard by the appellate the division and there's no stay, then the choice as to whether or not to mask kids will be in the parents' hands. It, it, um, we, we have that right until the appellate division issues a stay, if they do. And there's no saying whether or not they're going to, uh, you know, buy what the city has to say. They may agree with us and George Prozio and not issue a stay, which, of course, right. is so, what we're so, going to so be give. Just to give folks who like watch shows like Law and Order and are a little more familiar <laughs> with with the criminal law, when a criminal defendant gets convicted of a crime and then the judge sentences them, you know that's the holding right there as he's sentenced. But then the the defendant's lawyers can go to the appellate division and ask for what's called bail pending appeal, so that they right. then let the person out of prison while their appeal is heard. And that's would be the relief that the city is seeking here from the appellate term is like okay. 
Judge Porzio said the masks can come off, but, you know, we think there's too much harm there, Your Honors, on the right. appellate division. Please uh, set, set us, put his on, on the sideline right now and reinstate the old one uh, and allow us to argue this in front of now it'll be uh, you're in the second department. So it'll be four judges of the appellate division who will now be tasked to figure this out. And I mean, right. I have no problem telling you, Mike, what I hope is that the the, the virus numbers take a, vast, a vicious yeah. turn down and right. the, the mayor's on the same page and they withdraw the appeal. But, um, you know, I want to let you take a victory lap because you deserve it because you worked really hard on this. And, you know, it's not that easy to uh, to win these cases. So from a lawyer's point of view, since it's a Friday afternoon, we could talk. We could be a little personal from a mm-hmm. lawyer's point of view. You know, what was that feeling like? Or did, did the, the judge show his hand a little bit when you were making the oral argument about which way he was going? Or were you uh, really waiting for his decision to know what direction his decision would be in? I think that as the as the argument went on, that I, I felt like he was hearing our arguments loud and clear. Uh, he he really pushed back against both myself and the attorney for the city. So, no, I I, I wasn't sure when we left the courtroom what his decision was going to be. Um, I didn't know if he was going to make a decision uh, to grant immediate relief, right, to lift the mandates today because they are still in place. Um, so no, I, I really didn't know. So I, I left the courtroom waiting a half an hour. You know what it's like. It's like waiting for a jury's decision, pacing the halls and, you know, t- trying to, did he tell you, did he tell you when he was going to hand down the decision or it could have been an hour? It could have been four hours. He, he, he said it would be roughly half an hour, 40 minutes. And, and okay. the decision that he, that he handed down today, by the way, is just a piece of his full decision. The decision today is just a one page interim order that lists the mandates as they are now. He wanted to write a more thorough decision because, as he put it, the issues are too complicated and important. Um, so he wanted to explain all of his reasoning uh, in a more you know, articulated decision, which he said we should expect in a couple weeks. Okay. And um, were, were there any parents there? Was it, was it, I mean, were you just doing this on your own, or did you have some support of, of people who were helping you out? Because in civil court, Unlike criminal court, in criminal court, the defendant has to be there, right? And at right, some point, a right. victim has to come up and point their finger at the defendant and identify him or her. Um, was there yeah. any support at the courthouse today, or did you took a victory lap on your own? I've had tremendous support, to be honest with you. There's some WhatsApp groups, some some Twitter groups um, of hundreds of parents that are, are in incredible support of what I've been doing. Uh, there were a couple parents there in person today, but it's a Friday morning, and, and you know most of us, Parents are working in the city, so it wasn't a big showing at the courthouse. But when I got the the interim order that was in our favor, and I contacted the groups that have been in, in support and anxiously waiting to hear the outcome of the lawsuit, my phone, you know, it was exploding with with happiness and joy from all the parents that I've gotten to know through this process. So I, I've had amazing support through all of this. So we have one minute left. Just tell me, Mike, what what's the next step? So the they file an order with the appellate division. You're going to have right. to wait to hear what that order is, whether they reinstate the mandate or they let it. They let Judge Porzio's uh, order stand, and then right. do you have to you have to then file papers with the appellate division regarding the appeal. Yep. Yeah, I, I think maybe Monday or Tuesday we'll find out. We'll have to go down to the appellate division and make an argument in person as to, you know, the city will have to convince the appellate division that they have the likelihood of success and that a stay should be granted, which would, you know, put the masks back on our kids. Uh, 
but then there'll be a whole briefing schedule, which is very involved. And, and, and you know, there's a lot of paper and a lot of motion practice that goes into it. Uh, and that could take weeks, if not, you know, longer than that until the appellate division hopefully finds what, what Porzio did and, and rules against the city in terms of the, the real unconstitutionality of these mandates. Well, I, you should go into the weekend feeling very good for yourself. You know, Michael, you're not Thank from you. some big, huge law firm, and you don't have like a, right. you know, 40 associates working under you to help you out. Yep. So That's you should right. definitely take a, a a nice victory lap. Tell folks, uh, where do you work at? Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan? I have my own shop. I'm the, it's the law offices of Michael Chessa, P-L-L-C, uh, ChessaLaw.com. Uh, my office is downtown Brooklyn. Like you said, I have a background at the criminal practice being a uh, prosecutor in Brooklyn to start my career. Now I do personal injury, criminal defense, and of course, civil rights. Um, I, I right. think I might be opening a new division based on this this law. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the support. Congratulations, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Arthur. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults. Because I feel like I'm invincible, especially this morning when I was holding my four-month-old. That will really make you feel alive. Well, when you're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. We think we can worry about that when we're older and become sick. Well, you know, that's nothing to be further from the truth. You don't want to wait until the last minute. Don't procrastinate. You want to make sure your ducks are in order, your house is in order. You don't want the state to be interfering with your personal affairs. You don't want a doctor to be making an ultimate decision that you can't make because you are not able to communicate. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy, when there's no stress on you. And how are you going to do that? You're going to call our friends at Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They know their stuff because they've been doing this for 40 years and they've helped thousands of people. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back publisher and editor-in-chief of perhaps the oldest black newspaper in the country, the New York Amsterdam News, Eleanor Tatum. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 with an encore at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Man, what a power-packed show we have tonight. Not only is Christine Nicholas and Kevin McCullough going to be with you to talk about all the fun things going on, we're going to give you a preview of what it looks like from that Summit 1. Also, Dottie Herman with a preview of her big weekend special. And who knows what will be in the fun tips for your weekend. That's tonight at 7. Listen this Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon, for the Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman Springtime Special. Right now, email your questions about real estate to Dottie at DottieHerman.com. And listen this Saturday morning to hear the answer on The Answer. That's Dottie at DottieHerman.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 
So you all know that I've said over and over again that the Empire State Building is my favorite building. And the next guest coming up is going to tell us how it gets lit up the way it does. But if you're looking for a bank, why not go for a bank that's named after Arthur Idala's favorite building? The Empire State Bank. It specializes in providing innovative financial solutions, personal service, and industry expertise to run and grow your business. They have designated attorney advantage banking. So you hear that, all the lawyers who are listening? It's a specialized banking program to meet the challenges of law firms. Empire State Bank's IOLA escrow account management is built for law firms because we have the fiduciary responsibility of managing our client funds. You have one master checking account with unlimited sub-accounts for each client, allowing you to keep client funds separate from your own, which we are obligated to do. You can allocate account interest, generate reports, disperse funds, generate year-end tax preparation, and your funds are safe because at Empire State Bank, they provide FDIC insurance greater than $250,000. Open an IOLA checking account and take your law firm to the next level with Attorney Advantage Banking exclusively at Empire State Bank with locations in Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens. Call Empire State Bank today at 833-393-7700 or visit ESBNA.com. That's ESBNA.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So those of you who listen to AM 970 all the time, as do I, know that on April 27th, there's the, the Salem Business Breakfast. And that's going to be uh, Piscopo and his whole crew will be broadcasting live. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be food there. Uh, I'm going to be there. We're going to have a, a panel of business people, of entrepreneurs. It's going to be a networking opportunity. People meet and greet and hand each other's business cards and see who could help who with what kind of business. I can already tell you I have some ideas uh, regarding our next guest. But one of the, the main sponsors and someone who's going to be on the panel uh, with me on uh, April the 27th is Jason Green. Now, Jason Green, you know, you would think it'd be good enough to have one company. Well, okay, no, no, no. I'm going to have two companies that do similar things. No, no, no. I'm going to have three companies, and one of them is going to do something so different than the other two. I will never be bored. Jason Green, welcome to the Author Idola Power Hour on AM 970 The Answer. How are you this evening, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So we got Magna Flood is one of your companies. We got Mag Lead, Lead, L-E-D, is another one of your companies. And we're going to talk about that. That's got to do with lighting. And then we have Hemp Leaf, which in other breaking news, Congress today ruled, voted on some sort of legalization for cannabis here in the United States of America. That's another story altogether. But Jason, let's ju- let's just start because I went on your re- your website. I did some research. I'm gonna have to do a lot more before our uh, br- business breakfast on April the 27th. Um, Magna Flood. Tell the uh, folks who are listening what what when that company started and what it's all about and what it does because it's pretty fascinating. Sure, no problem. So Magna Flood was started in 1951 by my grandfather. It's been a family-owned and operated uh, business uh, operating out of North Amityville, Long Island. For the last 70 years, um, we manufacture uh, lighting down uh, the bridges, tunnels, uh, roadways, 
all over New York. Uh, we currently are doing um, all the post-top uh, decorative lighting uh, across Manhattan and the five boroughs. Uh, we also do uh, the uh, nighttime lighting for PSCNG across Long Island and a variety of other parks, uh, homes, and you name it. We work for almost every uh, municipality uh, across New York and New Jersey, New York City, uh, Port Authority, New York, New Jersey. Um, you name it, we probably don't work with them. So tell us what you're lighting up here in uh, the tri-state area. So latest project uh, I'm working on right now, uh, I'm working with the Port Authority to uh, do the lighting inside for the lane markers. Um, we're just finishing up the contract to do all the decorative post tops uh, across the five boroughs in New York. Um, and people bring me new projects all the time. You know, it's, it's never a boring day. I, I see that um, you, know, you, you show pictures of iconic buildings and, and bridges so when we see all these bridges lit up or some of them and, and some of these buildings lit up, lit up, that's that's what you guys do, correct? That is exactly what we do. We manufacture. So we do what we call from cab to completion, from drawing to finished fixture, uh, all under one roof. Uh, we have casting, molding, uh, painting, machining, powder coating, pick-and-place machinery. Uh, we're very vertically integrated, uh, very few manufacturing facilities uh, in the country have as many uh, facilities under one roof that we have. But you're not jumping on top of the Brooklyn Bridge and actually hanging the lights, correct? I have walked the Brooklyn Bridge. I have walked the GW Bridge. I have walked the Veranzano Bridge, but I don't hang them. <laughs> okay. And, you know, tell us a little bit just about how the industry has changed. Because, well, let's face it, when I was a kid, my sister and I, you know, we we, we lived right by the Verrazano Bridge. Uh, my favorite building is the uh, uh, the Empire State Building. You know, it was either the lights were on and they were white or they were off. And, and that was the end of that. And then as time went on, like the, the big thing in the city was the Empire State Building was able to change a color. Um, you know, I the was, Yankees won the World Series and it turned blue. So is, is that when is that when mag lead came in? Is that is that all have to do with the uh, evolution of LED lighting? Yeah, it's actually funny you say that because I remember being the prototypes for the color changing for the Empire State Building in LED. Uh, I was actually manufacturing lighting for Philips Lighting at the time, and they had contracted us to manufacture their fixtures. And I remember being on the 100-something floor of the Empire State Building out on the ledge, and they were installing the fixtures. Yeah, well, that that must have been a little, a little scary. And um, <laughs> is there a... Um... In terms of the elements, right? So you're talking about the Empire State Building versus putting lights on a uh, a much lower level uh, in our environment, like on the ground of a highway. Is there any difference with the actual elements, the actual lighting, when you're putting something 102 stories in the air in Midtown Manhattan versus when you're you know doing lighting on the ground floor of a highway? Not really, actually. If you if you if you you know. If you look at it as, as the simplest part of what you're saying as the element, they are all you know little elements uh, that are put down on an electronic circuit board. Um, whether it's a huge fixture that lights up the Empire State Building or a fixture that right, lights uh, Long Island Expressway, for the most part, they're, they're, they look like the same LED. They just uh, array them in different portions. So that, let's say on the roadway, I may have 100. On top of Empire State Building, I may have 500. Uh, gotcha. But that's really what you're looking at. Tell me real quick, I'm a, you know, uh, 9-11, September 11th is a, a date that is dear and near and dear to my heart. Those lights that shoot all the way up to the to the heavens, tell me a little bit about those lights. 
So those lights are, um, from my knowledge, aren't the LED. They're, they call xenon there. Um, to put a big word out there, high-intensity discharge lamp. Um, so basically what they do is it's a piece of mercury that it gets excited and lights it up. So if it's, that's a very high-output lamp. It's not LED is not capable of doing that kind of light output yet. Okay, so that's that's a version of the old-fashioned light bulb down there uh, for that that one night. Um, now, Perfect. all of a sudden, you go from being the third generation uh, in the world of lighting to um, starting a company called Hempleaf, and cool. you know that for those people who don't know, well, you explain. Tell tell folks what what hemp the relationship between hemp and cannabis is. So. Uh, hemp and cannabis theoretically are the same plant. Um, all uh, cannabis basically has different chemicals in it that give you uh, your psychoactive uh, effects. But as far as hemp and cannabis, cannabis is a hemp plant. And then, you know, uh, you remove certain chemicals uh, from the cannabis to get either CBD or, or other chemicals that are used for healing. And, you know, how I got into it is actually very interesting. Because we're a lighting company, um, I was very friendly with some uh, growers up in Canada, and they had asked me to help them develop uh, some grow lighting. So we developed uh, a line of grow lights to uh, be used in indoor farming. And uh, as I got to understand the plant and what it could do for people, I started talking to some friends of mine, and uh, we got into the holistic uh, skincare uh, business where we're designing and developing uh, skincare products that use CBD, uh, shea butters, and a lot of uh, natural organic compounds, no synthetics, you know, go along that line. So are you, uh, you got plenty to talk about on the, uh, the Salem Business Breakfast on April the 27th, um, and we're definitely looking forward to having you. You know, if you're, let's give folks a little bit of a preview. You're involved with three companies. Two are similar. One is totally different. So if you're talking to someone in their 20s, and they just came out of college or they came out of business school. Um, What advice would you give based on maybe mistakes that you've made as opposed to successes that you've had to a young entrepreneur who's on his or or her way up the ladder? That no mistake is a mistake. It's a lesson. Learn from your mistakes. Remember the lesson. And, you know, there are plenty of things that didn't work out and, uh, you know, didn't go the right way. But if you look at Edison, he didn't say that he, you know, it took him all this time to make a light bulb. He said he, he learned how to 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb and one way to make the light bulb. So never be frustrated by failure. It's just it's a learning lesson. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's an excellent uh, – I was talking to my son, Luca, uh, yeah, yes, it was yesterday – Yes, when we were driving to school, and I just said, Luca, you know, winning, uh, there's an expression, you know, uh, winning has a lot of parents and losing is an orphan. And believe me, as a trial attorney, which is what I am, I, I get that feeling. You know, I win the case, and all of a sudden I find out that, you know, I had all these people around me who helped me. I don't know where they were during the case, but apparently they helped me. And whereas I, lo- <laughs> I, I don't get the result that I want, I, I'm sitting alone in a bar drowning my sorrows in a Guinness. Um, yes. But... I was telling my son, I said, you know, Luca, it's okay to fail. Like, you know, I ran for New York City Council and I came up short 108 votes. And I remember that night hugging my dad and I'm like, dad, I lost. I can't believe it. He said, no, you didn't. You won. You just don't realize it yet. And, you know, look, nobody knows what the future would have held had I won, et cetera, et cetera. But 
Um, I, I can't wait to hear your words of wisdom, all the other leaders uh, who are going to be there at the business breakfast. Just so folks understand, it's April 27th. It's at the Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus. And Joe Piscopo and the whole crew, Al and Joe and Debbie, they're all going to be there. And it's really a networking event and a learning event. So you're going to hear from someone like Jason Green, who's been on the line with us, who's, uh, you know, running three companies. And, you know, maybe I'll pipe in who's just running a small little law firm. But, Jason, I want to tell, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, pop on the uh, the phone with us. You know, we all look at these lights and how beautiful they become on the Tappan Zee Bridge to uh, the Empire State Building. And you wonder, how did that happen? And, ladies and gentlemen, here on AM 970, the answer, now you know. Jason Green, thank you so much. I'll see you on April 27th, my friend. Appreciate it. See you there. Thank you much. All right. Have a good one. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. on AM 970 The Answer. For more information, visit CYACYL.com. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haledon, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living a permanent life care program and respite care you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad aunt or uncle friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community daily chapel services are included hchnj.com or call 973-807-3245 holland christian home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect hchnj.org or 973-807-3245 holland christian home ask for charlotte Do one thing this year that changes you forever. Something extraordinary, a bucket list experience with years of memories packed into 10 invigorating days. Join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza in Israel this November. We'll visit over 40 iconic places right from scripture and history. Reserve your spot today when you visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
Well, it is a, a birthday today for an American girl, although uh, some people have a lot of issues with uh, what she says. Her name is Rachel Maddow, and she turns uh, 49 years old today at MSNBC. And if you ever want to hear the opposite of what Rachel Maddow says, just turn on Fox News. And if you want to hear the opposite of what Fox News says, just turn on Rachel Maddow. Um, it's kind of crazy after the uh, State of the Union this past year. I should say this past month, I was I watched the State of the Union and I went back and forth between MSNBC and Fox News. And it was uh, it was like I was on Mars and then I was on Venus. Um, And then I turned on Shep Smith on CNBC and there was a little a little more fair and balanced situation going on there. But speaking of Fox News, I'm very excited tonight. Um, I am going to see my friend Geraldo Rivera. I'm bringing my son Luca with me, who calls him Uncle Geraldo. Uh, and it's Geraldo's charity is having a big event tonight at the Garden City Hotel. Um, Bill O'Reilly is actually a keynote speaker. There will be hundreds of people there raising hundreds of thousands of dollars, we hope. And it all goes for two children with disabilities. Geraldo, even at the uh, young age of 78, he's almost 78, I believe. Or maybe he is 78. He'll be 79. July 4th is his birthday. It will probably be together celebrating. Um, you know, he's still doing good. He's out there raising money. He doesn't need to do this at this point in his life, calling on his friends, calling in, uh, favors to give, uh, kids with disabilities, the sh- the shot that they deserve. Obviously everyone knows 51 years ago, I believe it was he, uh, Geraldo broke the big Willowbrook story. For those of you who don't know, he was able to sneak into a, um, facility for the disabled, uh, and he saw the hard conditions they were living in. And Geraldo tells in his book, uh, Exposing Myself, that uh, he gets a lot of credit for sneaking in, but he really thinks that the director of the program kind of left the key for him because he wanted uh, he wanted it to be exposed so that uh, the, the, the facility could be fixed so that these people uh, lived which, with much more dignity. And Vicky Schnepp's, who has literally has a media empire. She has all of the newspapers and magazines, um, you know, the local ones. So like the Bay Ridge paper and the home reporter and uh, in Queens, she has the, the local Queens papers and out in the Hamptons now she bought dance papers uh, and she's always doing good. She's always, she's known Geraldo for 51 years and they're always raising money and giving it away to great causes. So I'm excited to go there tonight. I hope you guys are doing something fun on a Friday night. Um, you know, when you talk about sad situations, uh, the city of New York has uh, taken down 239 homeless encampments. And of all of those encampments, five people, one, two, three, four, five, have taken the city up on their offer to relocate them into a place that actually has a roof over their head, uh, whether it be a shelter or, or some sort of an apartment. Uh, and... You know, you look back at history repeating itself. Apparently, during the eight years of the de Blasio administration, the de Blasio administration dismantled 9,000 homeless encampments. And some of the people without homes who have been interviewed said, listen, this is just more of the same. Uh, we know what the shelter system is like. It's filled with abuse. We don't find it safe. I feel much more uh, comfortable and much more safe right here out on the street. And it seems like the number one area in the city for the homeless to stay. And even when they get thrown out, they just find another corner to go hang out on or another park is Greenwich Village, um, which 
kind of makes sense because Greenwich Village is kind of like hate Ashbury in, in San Francisco. It has that kind of Grateful Dead feel to it where, you know, you're going to take care of your neighbor, which is a wonderful gesture. But they're like, look, we're just going to keep moving around the city. Uh, we're going to keep moving around the, off of the subway. We'll find somewhere else to go. So, you know, Adams is not going to break us. And, um, you know, we'll see. Maybe if the NYPD and, you know, New York's strongest, the uh, Department of Sanitation, they are, they're really lending a hand here and cleaning up these encampments. You know, there's the guy who lived up in the tree that the mayor's been focusing on. I believe he just got arrested for some petty something, uh, harassment or menacing. Uh, but maybe if, if the, the city of New York becomes such an um, inconvenient place for folks to stay, uh, on the street, maybe they'll move somewhere to another city that where they don't have a mayor like Adams and and, and a, poli- a fire, uh, sorry, a sanitation commissioner that are just keep pushing them away, pushing them away, and it may just get too annoying. And and they'd rather set up camp once and live in, out in the street. You know, I am not judging anyone. There's clearly a big element of these folks that need mental health. I mean, it's just you don't need to be a brain surgeon to know that. You just need to watch these poor folks. Should we sweep them up? Should we grab them uh, against their will? Do they have a right to sleep on the street? I think one day next week I'm going to have my law partner, Judge Barry Kamins, who is a legal scholar, uh, just dig in a little deeper because people talk about, well, why don't we just grab them? Why don't we just grab them and, you know, throw them in a truck and throw them in an ambulance and medicate them? You know, all of this against their will. You know, it is the United States of America. I, I guess if you want to sleep on the street, I mean, there are people who sleep on the street who have money. Um, I think those are people who are definitely suffering from a mental disease or defect. Um, But the numbers are a little staggering in terms of 239 encampments come down and only five people go to a shelter. (sighs) You think alcohol's got a lot to do with that? Alcohol abuse? I do, because when I walk down and I see um, some of the, the places where they stay here around Midtown, there's always a little, like, airplane bottles of booze literally litter, littering the street. But since we're on the topic of booze here on April the 1st of 2022, and talking about Padre Lou, it's been long held that March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. But the temperatures have been freezing early this week. It shows that, like so much in our recent lives, things are sometimes backwards. So how do we achieve some warmth? You know, you use your mind, you use your imagination, like pretend like you're listening to old-fashioned radio, and let's just will ourselves. I, you know, I look next week, the temperatures don't even get above the 50s, and I think, you know, we're ready to move on. I mean, the high 50s is okay, but at night it's still kind of chilly. So let's pretend we're somewhere else. Let's pretend we're going to the beach. Whether it's Coney Island, the Caribbean, San Vito Lo Capo in Sicily, Whatever beach brings you happiness, makes you smile on this Friday, after I'm sure it was a a diligent working week, as it was for myself, and, or maybe as it was for I, I don't know, someone will correct me, maybe Kenny Dobbins. Um, I think you're allowed to say the word sex. So let's have some sex on the beach. What do you do? You take one of those short, uh, old-fashioned glasses, add equal parts of one of your favorite vodkas. I sometimes go with a, a, a citron vodka, little cranberry juice, orange juice, and then you need to add the peach schnapps. That's kind of like the secret ingredient is the peach schnapps. And just 
turn it all around, make it nice and cold, sit in a comfortable seat, look at someone you love, whether it be a child, whether it be a, a, a significant other, maybe it's your dog, maybe it's your lizard, and have a sip, savor it, and swallow it. And just think how warm you're going to feel when you're on that beach in just a short period of time. Folks, it's been a great week. I believe I started off this week filleting with Joe Piscopo last Monday morning. Um, and I'm ending it off having two great guests, um, having an article in Talkers Magazine with uh, Michael Harrison, which was a tremendous honor, um, handling some pretty serious cases here in the city of New York. And uh, when I went to a Nets game where they won. I got to spend a lot of time with my family early in the morning. Luca was uh, Wednesday night. All good. Hope you guys are doing as well as I am. And always remember the glass is half full. Whether it's water or booze, look at that glass half full. Keep a smile on your face. Go to the Bronx Zoo. Go to Central Park. Go to the top of the Empire State Building. Enjoy it. You deserve it. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Feel so fine. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.